Welcome to the Breaking Down the Bytes podcast. Interested in the IT field and looking for a way to break in? Are you a college student or looking for a career change? The IT industry is booming and has tons of opportunity. It's vast, complex, and can be overwhelming, but we can help. Come along as we break down some of the barriers as your insider to the tech industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's edition of Breaking Down the Bytes. As usual, we are back this week. I'm your host, Pat. You can find me on Twitter at Layer8Packet. That's the number eight. Kyle, he's not here this week, but you can find him on Twitter as well. He's at Dan, that's 256. Alex, you're not on social media at all, so you can get the show on Twitter at Breaking Bites Pod. If you want to talk to Alex specifically, just hit us up there and he'll get the message. Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter, so come say hello. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. Alex, what's up, man? How you doing? Well... Outside of uh, patiently waiting to see if I make the Disney layoff cuts. Yeah. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, a couple tense moments there. So uh, everything else going well, but, uh, you know, it's a a tense time. I actually saw an April Fool's joke the other day that uh, Bob Iger laid himself off, which we all know (laughs) is not true. (laughs) He's like, ah, in the in the event of cutting costs, I'm gonna cut myself out at twenty five million or whatever the hell he's making. So yeah, that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, next big thing is tomorrow there's a an investors call. So be interested to see what he has to say there. Yeah, see what happens there. So we're all we're all pulling for you. And, uh, definitely let us know how that goes and next couple of weeks so um yeah we're all we're all good here uh, i will say just a couple of housekeeping notes um my march madness bracket uh, for any of those that you follow college basketball completely busted there is no hope for my for my bracket anymore it is completely gone i didn't even make like i don't think i had one team make it to the final four uh it was just it was crazy this year so march madness for sure um all my all my brackets are busted. Uh, good thing I didn't actually bet on any of them because I would have been out uh, quite a few bucks. <laughs> so I was terrible at it this year. So uh, other than that, let's get into the guest. We have a guest this week with us, ladies and germs, uh, Mr. Mr. Chris. And I'm, I, I'm not going to butcher your last name, Chris. So I'll let you pronounce it yourself. But Chris, you and I work together at the bank. Uh, you are on our uh, sock team in our in our is department so chris the floor is yours why don't you uh, give the people who you are and kind of where you where you're coming from and where you're at so floor is yours my man thanks guys uh yeah it's uh chris voitovitz pronounced with a v see but, look at that but not spelled like that spelled with a w <laughs> <laughs> um yeah hey thanks for having me on guys um no, I've been a uh, I've been a sock engineer now for about six years. Um, I am kind of an older guy, so uh, I have kind of a an IT background. Before that, um, uh, graduated from uh, Temple University here in the Philly area, and uh, in the nineties uh, became a, uh, a network consultant right away. Um, worked on the old Novell Network uh, platform, which uh, nice, yeah. I'm, I'm going back a ways, guys, but uh, <laughs> I, you know the best thing I can say about that is is Novell invented Active Directory before Microsoft appropriated it, uh, stole it. We could say that it's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how much you guys Microsoft bash here, but uh, <laughs> we bash it all. There's no safe space here. We cool, cool. we call it like we see it. So it's all good. Yeah, no, I mean, it, we're still Pat and I aren't the youngest. I mean, we go back a little bit. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I considered getting a CNA. So I mean, I. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, I've been in network. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. No, yep. I, I got a CNA in version three, I, I think, as I remember, you know, that I think 3.11 was, was the big one in the late nineties, but, uh, I'll never forget in the early two thousands when I moved more into Microsoft, uh, uh, area, I, I kept hearing about this active directory and I'm like, this rem- this forest and trees thing, this, this reminds me of, uh, Novell, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, kind of funny, but, uh, then I went, 
then I went to work for a large pharmaceutical company and uh, I was there for about 15 years and uh, did all types of IT infrastructure roles. Uh, re- really good job. Uh, kept moving around uh, software deployment uh, email team. Um, actually, the email team was when I first started doing kind of security work, cybersecurity investigations. It was actually internal employee investigations and, uh, you know, some some of the things these employees were doing are just uh, you're doing that at work uh, you know uh, anything you can imagine you know um and you know they'd come to well me i have a terrible say, imagination so yeah. <laughs> what what are, what are some of the worst that are still pg enough to say on um, a podcast one employee was storing explosives underneath his desk um, hello yeah <laughs> and you know, they want their mailbox and, you know, what, you know, all the proof that led up to this and um, everything like that. Uh, a, a very common one was uh, a married manager with a married uh, subordinate um, <laughs> and a mix of males okay. and females, you know, doesn't matter. And and it was funny. They would come to me and say, give me these two people's mailboxes for two weeks. And, uh, you know, um, and... <laughs> I would just do that, and you know, my job was done. You know, they, oh yeah, they're, they're, that's they're, enough to start the rumor mill for sure. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, that kind of I found that kind of stuff interesting. It's kind of like being a detective, and um, th- that's kind of like uh, what the core of uh, why I enjoy uh, cybersecurity today. But. Um, <clears throat> um, after that, uh, you know, the uh, speaking of layoffs, Alex, uh, you know, I was part of a two, three hundred uh, IT person layoff uh, about eight years ago, uh, nine years ago um, uh, from this pharmaceutical company. And, uh, you know, it was the it was the old uh, they're opening up an offshore center that replaced all of our jobs. Uh, I don't know if that theme is still common today. You know, it's a. Uh, it's it's cheaper for a European call center uh, than uh, you know here in the U.S. And then they kept people on to train those folks, you know. So. Sure. But uh, you know, this is the way uh, large companies act. Uh, but um, uh, so I moved on from that, and I, I did a couple contract works. Uh, I really decided at the time I, I really liked Cisco network engineering, so I, I got my C- CCNA. Um, it was about seven years ago. And uh, um, as I was working in that, I started getting more interested in cyber. Uh, personally, I would be reading uh, cybersecurity books. Um, a, a big uh, uh, original author of mine was uh, Kevin Mitnick, um, who's sure. one of the, uh, he's, an, he's an OG uh, hacker from a long time ago. He, he works for uh, No Before right now, which is a uh, phishing email uh, 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 company. And uh, he, he wrote a series of excellent books like The Art of Invisibility, The Art of uh, Deception, and uh, all, all types of things. So uh, I, I really started getting interested in that. And then um, uh, I think one of my contracts ended and then a banking cybersecurity position came up, uh, not with my current uh, bank. And uh, uh, they needed some temporary help when... Um, uh, a guy there was uh, out for several months, so uh, they, they took me on for six months. I loved it. Uh, I was kind of uh, raw. You know, you, you come to cybersecurity with an IT uh, approach, and you kind of have to forget that IT approach a little bit, uh, you know, and uh, just think more of security and cyber. Um, so uh, after, uh, you know, I learned about scene tools and all incident response and investigations and uh, documenting stuff and log review and all the stuff that cyber folks do. Um, and then uh, that contracted and I was immediately picked up by customers bank, uh, luckily as a direct employee. And um, instead of the contractor, uh, they're really a contractor these days. Uh, I, Pat, I know, you know uh, what I'm talking about here. Yep. Yep. For sure. 
you know, they want to try people out as contractors first. Try before you buy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, I've been there for about four, four or five years now, and it's been fantastic. It's like a daily challenge. I've been a uh, sock engineer using about 15 or 20 different tools. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really the, uh, what I've really learned, it's, it's a wide breadth uh, of the position. Um, you know, uh, a lot of IT folks just specialize in, you know, they're the AD guy or they're the Cisco guy. Um, but, uh, you know, cyber people uh, have to know like every single tool, every single subnet, um, uh, you know, how, how applications work, what APIs, uh, cloud, uh, everything, uh, you know, and that's, that's been a real challenge. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly something where, uh, you know, you, you deal with several emergencies every day and you kind of have to work through them. Um, you know, you get help if you need it. Um, uh, and then, you know, management comes in with, uh, some custom requests and, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, uh, always interesting, definitely. For sure. There you go. Yeah, and I'll be honest. When someone says uh, they're part of uh, a SOC Security Operations Center, I guess it, the first thing in my mind I think about is just firewalls. But I guess there's just so much more to it. And I, I guess can you kind of. Give us a quick rundown of what a day-to-day would look like. Maybe that's tough to do. Maybe like a, a normal week. What are some of the devices, uh, tools that you're touching on a weekly basis? Oh, most sure. common things. Um, actually, that that was at what I was originally hired for uh, because I had a you know a Cisco firewall knowledge, and um, that's when I came on. And, uh, you know, I expanded into network security a little bit, but, uh, honestly, I've handled all types of, uh, uh, different, um, pieces of a sock. Um, um, obviously a lot of it is incident response and, uh, you know, using all your tools to correlate problems and, and, uh, put, uh, put different pieces together of an incident and, uh, detect incidents. I, I've, uh, I've worked on a, whole bunch of incidents and stuff that I found. I've worked on uh, malware infected desktops and laptops and um, uh, just worked on all types of crazy problems. But uh, uh, um, there are different, I was going to talk to this. uh, There are lots of different roles in a SOC. Um, One very important one is vulnerability management Um, uh, tools like Tenable Nessus uh, Qualys. Um, there's other scanning tools like that. Um, that's a very important, uh, part of a SOC is again, a SOC is a lot of monitoring. Um, first, first off, uh, besides the actual incident response. Um, and, uh, you know, vulnerability management is, you know, you're detecting something unpatched in the wild, uh, malware in the wild and they, and their advice is, uh, have this Microsoft patch six point X or higher, and you check. Uh, we we check our current version levels, and we're some of them are at five point X, and we're like, oh, all right, uh, yep. gotta drop everything and patch there. So, um, <laughs> right, yeah, vulnerability. In fact, um, vulnerability management is like a full time job in itself. Um, uh, and uh, I uh, in you know, various job reviews I've done in, over the years, uh, you know, I've seen dedicated vulnerability management positions and, uh, you know, cause, cause that's very, very important just to make sure all of the software or all of the infrastructure is, uh, not, uh, is software patched. And at least with your role, once you identify these vulnerabilities, are you the one that has to ultimately patch them or you're having to track down the groups and kind of hound them until it's done? Uh, it's, uh, well, a, a lot of companies are set up where the cybersecurity is monitoring and then the actual IT group 
are the ones that actually apply the patches. I don't know, Alex, if, if that's the way it is at Disney or uh, uh, that, you know, the cyber group is strictly for monitoring and they don't have global admin access at all. Um, so they just make recommendations and uh, that the IT group has to follow. So you could be the most hated group in the entire company, at exactly. least when it comes to IT. <laughs> you make every other team's life hard. Oh, my God. Miserable. You're Absolutely exactly miserable. Right. You're exactly right, Alex. Oh, my God. No, it's, you got this huge project. They're celebrating because everything went in without a, hut, without a hitch. And then they're told like 24 hours later that it's got – you know, 237 vulnerabilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, the unfortunate position is because uh, a SOC is so much monitoring, it's we give IT and other groups work to do. And, you know, sometimes we get requests back to us and, you know, projects and stuff. Uh, that's another thing uh, that makes the job fun. We work on uh, uh, projects and software analysis and development, but um, uh, no, it's, it's, we're always coming around asking it to do something, you know, and that I'm sure that gets old for them very quickly. (laughs) Well, Chris, it was good to talk to you. We got to get out of here now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're also the department of no. I've, I've heard the security departments are also the, the department of no. It's like, oh, can I do this? Can I install this program? Everybody's like, no, no, no. It's like, yeah. a, like you just walk around with a big stamp just going, no, no. Yeah, We're just denying yeah, everybody. Oh, yeah. And, that's, um, and that, that goes across the board with uh, uh, software, risky software and um, yep. websites that employees want to visit that are not um, – that are malicious or not yeah, appropriate. Right. Not a business uh, need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, we've gotten some crazy ones with, you know, firearm sites and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, sure. There's no business reason for this. You know. <laughs> Denied. Yeah. But I hope well, that just... answers your question. Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do teams often, come to you or ever come to you before they do a big project to kind of get cyber security's blessing before they go about a large project? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, especially if the project involves a uh, brand new software, uh, to the bank. Um, uh, and, um, our team has a kind of a software now, anal- a new vendor, uh, software analysis process is very detailed. Um, you know, even the history of this new vendor, if they've ever been involved in any cyber incidents or anything like that. Um, so that uh, they really have to have a, a set a stamp of approval. Uh, now, that that might be more financial company specific because, you know, we, we go through audits for uh, federal and state and, you know, everything has to be kind of certified and approved by uh, uh, audit an audit department. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Well, I have one question that I definitely want to touch on before the end of this conversation, but it is on a completely different wavelength. So I'll let that. Oh, sure. Any uh, follow up questions before I do it? Um, No, I'm just trying to think of. So. So typically, and I guess this depends on the size of your company, but what's a typical size of, of a SOC? Is it is there a steadfast number? Is it, you know, is it 10? Is it 20? Is it 50? Whatever. Now, obviously, that's going to depend on size. But, you know, what, what's a good average as far as like how many bodies do you have to what, you, you know, the ratio of bodies to what you're monitoring or how many endpoints? I, I'd say for most smaller to medium sized companies, it's about five to 10 people. Uh, a okay. mix of analysts and engineers and uh, the vulnerability management person, as I mentioned. Um, there's other people, too, who are more threat intel, threat feed. Um, you know, they they go out and they um, they go onto the dark web and, uh, you know, see if, uh, you know, our company has been mentioned or not, and, you know, take actions from there. Uh, and uh uh, I think uh, Telegram is one. I think that's one of those uh, glo- something like spy- uh, Skype that mm-hmm. uh, you know is used a lot by malicious folks, and uh, so we 
we have people, uh, you know, monitoring that. And, uh, so, uh, um, and that, that goes into uh, domain type of squatting as well, where, uh, you know, they change your domain a little bit and then they, uh, send email, phishing emails and other stuff from that. Um, there, there's so many examples of it, sure. but, uh, so we, uh, you know, our team tries to be, uh, you know, investigate things before they, uh, they hit us. But, uh, um, but yeah, uh, but you know, with larger companies that, um, they have, uh, like a vulnerability management department and then, uh, they have, uh, an, an incident response investigation department. Uh, so they, they have, uh, you know, like five to 10 people in each of those departments. Cause you know, it's a, usually a global scope. Sure. Sure. And then you said some of the tools and whatnot, right? So uh, a lot of Nessus or, or Tenable or um, Qualys is another one that I've had. You know, I've worked at a couple of places. They do Qualys, you know, internal scanning and all that kind of stuff and, and whatnot. So um, any others that you can kind of think that are sort of the forefront of somebody that, is, you know, somebody in a SOC that would, that would use? Definitely. Uh, well, the, well, the really the core of a SOC team is the SIEM tool, S-I-E-M, um, which is uh, security incident event monitoring. Um, a lot of those tools are like Splunk. Splunk is kind of the industry leader. Of the big boy in the room. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, there's other ones like Logarithm and uh, um, several others, uh, uh, competitors. Uh, oh, uh, Microsoft has Sentinel One. So yep. If you've ever heard of that's that's their scene tool. And um, all, all that is is just a, a huge um, data gatherer from multiple, from tons of different sources, and uh, it all kind of crystallizes it into uh, you know uh, one searchable. I'm, I'm not going to say database, database, but <laughs> uh, one searchable location. And there, you know, there's queries and dashboards and reporting that you create from the scene tool, which uh, you know you can uh, practically do anything and anything custom to uh, frequently management will have, you know, what about this tool and who did, who got into this uh, for uh, during uh, this custom time frame And, you know, there's, sure. a, um, uh, there's a query language in, in all uh, scene tools that, uh, you know, you can just uh, punch up uh, custom scripts and uh, pull in anything uh, custom. But uh, most times it's just used for monitoring and reporting and, uh, you know, definitely alerting, uh, you know, you can, uh, there's a ton of different alerts and detections that you have in your scene tool. And, um, you know, uh, we have an on-call rotation, which monitors all of this. And, uh, uh, you know, most of the alerts do come from a, a scene tool. Okay. But, uh, Interesting. uh there, there's other tools, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, like uh, monitoring your network infrastructure, uh, as you know, Pat, um, you know, managing, uh, alerting on your firewalls or if anything's down or if anything is being DDoSed, um, that's a, that's yep. a big thing. Um, there's uh, WAFs, uh, web application firewalls like uh, uh, Imperva and Cloudflare. Um, yep. We have to monitor those two. Those, those mainly stop... Uh, Besides, you know, filtering web traffic, uh, they they're, they mainly uh, defend against uh, DDoS attacks, volume attacks, trying to shut down a website. Sure, sure. Uh, if I could just back up for a minute, just to the the phishing uh, attempts and the, the domain squatting and things of that nature. Uh, truth be told, when I I was at a company um, a couple a couple years back, and they used. Um, they use Kevin Mitnick's same thing that know before that, that training that he does or that company that he, that he owns or whatnot. And they basically just, it's an internal, you know, uh, cyber aware kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And they would send, they would send like test phishing emails to, to, to places and see who they actually catch like internal employees. And I was there like a couple of weeks and, and, uh, they had this thing, they had this thing, which was actually kind of cool. Like they, um, it was, uh, 
forget what the heck they called it, Kango or Kanjo, something like that. Basically, it was like a kudos thing. Like, hey, you know, Chris, you know, Chris, you helped me out the other week. Way, way to go. Nice job, blah, blah, blah. And then you – so basically, you accrued so many of them, and then they threw you like an Amazon gift card or something, you know, something of, of value and, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, – so uh, they sent me a phishing attack, and it said, "Hey, your boss Brian sent you a kudos. Click on this link to to see it." And I clicked the link, and it and was your like, boss "Was Brian right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, uh, clicked on the link, and it says, "Oh, yeah, you need to log into your O365 to see the blah, blah blah." And I did, and it was like, "Oh, you've been caught. This is a this is a phishing attempt." I'm like, "Oh no!" Like I was like. My ego got in the way. I was like, wait, I'm getting the kudos out of the way. Let me get that thing. And it was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, everybody move out, you know, that kind of thing. And it was it was a phishing attempt. And I was like, oh, you idiots. I was like, sure, the senior network engineer that's been here like a couple of months is, you know, the first phishing attempt that's thrown out there. He gets caught in the hook. I'm like, oh, it looks great. You know, that kind oh, of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's oh. – and, and you just named it, Pat. That's the most common type of – uh, oh. attempt in a phishing email is credential harvesting. I was so mad. I was like, oh, this, I'm such an idiot. You know, that kind of thing. But it was <laughs> it was an internal test. And, and we, we get them now um, where we are at the bank, and I have not failed one yet. So knock on knock on wood. I'm, I'm, you, you I'm, I'm batting a thousand so far, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Chris, open this link. Does this actually fish you? Or that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, a, a lot of different companies use uh, products like No Before for um, yep. monthly campaigns. Sure. And um, uh, our team has some fun with that, with developing. Uh, you know, what's the latest campaign that uh, yep. you know, we can test the employees with? Um, yep. No Before is cool because then you know if if your employee fails, uh, you know the the phishing email test, uh, you can get. A, a training assigned to you again. Yep. You know, and we all love that, right? Extra yeah. work, extra yeah, training. Like, <laughs> some of those fishing tools don't offer training, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, they say you know your employees are your best defense here, not to sure. fall for stuff. Sure. You know, so uh, um, you know uh, some employees go through that training several times, and yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm sure. Their head yeah, there. knock it in the old head. Yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. No, I hear you. Uh, Alex, did you have anything? Do you have uh, any questions there? Well, it's funny that you went back to that topic because I was—I wanted to interject and ask about phishing email specifically, and I was curious if they've been doing that themselves. Like, if you uh, within the bank have been sending out phishing emails just to see who could who falls prey to that. Yeah, so I didn't know about your story, Pat. Shame yeah. on you. I know. Shame <laughs> on me. I know. I know. Uh, like hanging my head. You oh, can God. see it worked. He's never yeah. fallen for another one ever again. Nope. How, how nope. long ago was that, Pat? <laughs> uh, this was like, like two years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was that he's no longer with that company, control. so it definitely worked. Yeah, no longer with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you failed the first time. Get out of here, you bum. You know, kind of thing. But... <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's, it's very easy. And actually I'll mention something. I won't mention his name, but he's on my team now. <laughs> well, my first couple of weeks on, on the, on the, on the job. And, uh, he actually fell for one. It was, it was disguised as a WebEx link, a WebEx oh. meet. And it yeah. came through and it was, you know, it came from, came from our boss, you know, that kind of thing. And he clicked it and it was a fishing one. He got, he got mad. He was so mad at himself. Like, <laughs> If he listens yeah. to this, he knows who he is. Yeah, that kind of thing. But oh man, it was oh he was so mad at himself. He's like, oh that really looked legit. But like he took screenshots and sent it to everybody. Like look at this link. Look at this email. It looks so legit. You know that kind of thing. He was oh yeah. he was mad. But it, it happens, man. It happens easy. It's quick. Well, that's yeah. that's the power of a no before where they can sure. customize it. They can personalize it to you. Not not just yeah. with you know like my boss sending me something, but sure. they, they can even you know really uh, apply to like a project you're working on. Or um, yep. a, another common thing with uh, phishing campaigns are anything topical, like uh, you know you, you were mentioning your March Madness uh, yeah thing and and. Uh, 
we, we've done that one before in previous years where right before March Madness, when it's all the news, yep. you know, we'll send something and, you know, we, we get people like that. Because you know? yeah, yeah. you immediately associate, well, I've been hearing about March Madness and, and right. there's an email about it. Sure. You know? Sure. So, <laughs> Bunch of snakes, let me tell you. Jesus. Social engineering, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Disney VP sent out an email recently to several of us asking about filling out a March Madness bracket and my very first thought was this is a phishing email i really? later found out that it wasn't but that was my immediate <laughs> wait a second oh that's funny <laughs> yeah and i feel like maybe they should have different tiers of like phishing email levels if they're going to do it internally you know like the people who fall for the really really good ones and then the other people that fall for an email sent from your domain that is just so radically wrong so yeah, like it. It all depends on the recipient's <laughs> knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. It. I tell you, I, I bet, I bet a lot of people fall for it. I really do. Like, I'm so gun ho on it now. I report fishing to almost like anything that's even remotely questionable, and people are probably like, "That's not a fish. That was just a spam, or, or that was yeah. just a you know, you know, somebody you know." Because I, I get, <laughs> I get hit so often from salespeople. Like that just land in my in my work email account trying to sell me something. I'm just like fish, fish, fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, don't next project, I don't give a damn. You don't feel like doing just tag right. as a fishing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to look at our DACP offering? Fish, fish. Yeah, yeah got <laughs> How do you? Yeah, you know, what's your iPad look like? Fish. Get out of here. I don't want to yeah, hear yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, Chris, have you done anything with like a uh, like a red team, blue team, like active hacking or anything anything like that, or has it just been more on the monitoring side? Or yes, I have. Um, oh, cool. Um, I'll, I'll speak kind of generally to that, but sure. you know, the role I play is always the blue team guy. You know, yeah. and um, we uh, we actually have and had some uh, red team folks. On our team, and we've also, uh, you know, employed pen testers uh, from uh, various vendors, and okay. um, you know they've they've done the same thing, and uh, uh, we've done testing on that, and uh, and uh, you know uh, that's one thing I've worked on for years is pen test findings, uh, you, you know, and uh, you know fix this and uh, tighten up that, and um, but. Uh, Red team is pretty interesting. Um, uh, I probably have a note on that where um, it's funny. Uh, I, uh, you know, I've worked with it uh, a lot. Um, I've worked with uh, red teamers, um, you know, guys who have been uh, hackers for years. And um, uh, sometimes the uh, they've had contact with the government, if you, if you know what I mean. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, one thing um, when, uh, when I, when I meet newbies or people who want to get into cybersecurity, they all want to be a, a pen tester mm. you know, and like a red teamer. Cause that's, yeah, I guess that's, that's the sexy that's side, the, right? Yeah, that's, that's, it's definitely cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I kind of have to be patient with them and say, you know, you, you have to be an expert, um, it knowledge, uh, expert, coder scripter um uh you know you have to have a, a deep knowledge to be an effective uh, pen tester because uh um i've seen before where pen testers uh break something in 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 a client yeah network, yeah you know? and um that's uh that's like a big no-no but uh no no it's really? uh, that's not them doing their job yeah yeah, <laughs> I guess the pen tester can say that. Well, look, see, see what I yeah, did, right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky it was just me, and that's a really bad actor. Yeah, I literally <laughs> clicked your your website's URL a few times yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess the point there is that you, you know you have to have a couple years of red team experience to really be a good pen tester, and you know these folks just want to come right in and be a pen tester right away. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of unrealistic, you know. Well, that might be a good segue into 
talking about how does someone actually get into cybersecurity. It seems like Pat, maybe you're getting ready to ask a question. So if you, before we go on to another topic, yeah, something you want to say? No, I just, I just wanted to say um, from an internal perspective too, and I'll, I'll give a, I'll give a, a little blurb here um, from an internal perspective too. There's just as much, uh, I should say information security, you know, least privilege, that sort of thing from an internal inside the company as it is trying to get, you know, outsiders to come in, right? That kind of thing. So you have to wrap your security from both angles, right? From an outside in perspective and from an inside to inside perspective as well. As I I will mention, um, uh, these are not any of the companies I've worked at. I know someone (laughs) uh, that actually works at a, a uh, healthcare facility that uh, they stumbled upon people's salaries oh, in a shared in a shared drive in a shared drive. It was literally on a shared drive for everyone to see, and she uh, she stumbled upon it. Um, it was there on a Excel spreadsheet. It was her and her team and what they all make, and it's just like oh my, you know that kind of thing. Like so, there's. There's more. There's there's that as well as far as like keeping all that stuff and you know under lock and key from an internal perspective. Let alone you know worried about the outside guys you know beating on the firewall and eventually breaking it down too. So there's you know there's there's two sides of that coin. I would I would suspect you you have the same ideology there, Chris, as well as you know least privilege people only get access to what they absolutely need to do their jobs and exactly you know no more no less kind of thing, right? Yeah, and uh, that's. That's kind of another buzzword, Pat, you know, in recent years, uh, zero yep. trust. Zero trust, sure. And uh, uh, we we kind of laugh at vendors because they call up and they say, uh, I have zero trust software for you. Like, yeah. Uh, no, zero it, trust that's a marketing a term. It, it's right. a framework. It's, it's <laughs> right. <a> software. <laughs> right. Right. But, yeah, uh, zero trust is basically a marketing term at this point in the game. It's just you have to decide what kind of zero trust you actually need. And exactly. Then go from there you know, that kind exactly of thing. but but go ahead Chris, sorry. answer your question um a good amount of the people uh, i work with are are ex it people they uh, i followed that track and a lot of my co-workers did um some people came in without any it experience and they're very good cyber people on our team now sure and um but uh i was going to share that um, uh, share a, a good cyber career tracker site if, if this applies. Here. Throw it at me. Uh, I just chatted it up. It's um, cyberseek.org. Okay. And um, that shows various um, sub careers in cybersecurity and, and how you start with them and what certs you should get um, if, that, if that URL is good. Yep. It is. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it shows uh, really key jobs within cybersecurity, common transition opportunities, uh, mm-hmm. even like salary information, which is kind of kind of interesting. Um, nice and skill sets, but um, yeah, most people start with uh, an IT knowledge, and like you know, even even help desk folks can transition into a SOC with with some uh, with several months of uh, uh, you know training and experience. Um, sure, and. It, and of course, those certifications always help the CompTIA certs, uh, Network Plus and Sec Plus. Yep. Um, uh, CISSP is more for like a management and uh, you know uh, an overall type of cybersecurity person. But the, there's a ton of certs out there, as you guys know. Sure. Yeah, that was sort of my question too. Like from a cert perspective, if somebody's got nothing. Um, and then basically looking to get into the because you're right, right on the IT side of things, cybersecurity is the is the you know, is the sexier role, right? That kind of thing. They want to go in there and because they you know they watch the Matrix a couple times. It's like ah, I want to do that. That's pretty cool, <laughs> you know. That kind of thing. <laughs> but um, you know, and no, I totally get it, um, and rightfully so. Uh, but it it just feels like uh, you know. <clears throat> so from a from a knowledge perspective i would think this is just me personally i would think that they would need some sort of network background or at least a a, a general network uh, yes. uh idea right because you can't secure the network if you don't know how it works right how, how does the packet get from a to b right um i would also say um 
obviously the security plus, right? We're, we're all big fans of, of CompTIA here and what they what they offer and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so Net Plus, Sec Plus. I would even say probably a little bit of Linux as well from oh, yes. learning learn the Linux side of things because literally half the world, almost three quarters of the world in the internet runs off of Linux on the back end. So, you know, you're going to need some sort of Linux or at least enough to get around the command shell, right? The, the command line and you know, the shell, what, you know, depending on what you're using. So those would be the big three for me as far as like, okay, look, I want to get into cybersecurity. Well, you know, like you said, there's various roles inside that cybersecurity, pen test, vulnerability management, um, you know, so forth and so forth. So, but I would think they would need all, they would all, all of them would need some sort of network basis, sec plus to wrap your heads around the types of attacks and uh, threat actors and things of that nature. And then the Linux side to actually, you know, sit there and bash in the command line. So I don't know your, your thoughts on that. Does that sound about right? I would totally agree, Pat. And um, it, when I've advised um, newer people in this field before, um, I would always say take Net Plus first. Sure. That certification. You know, learn your subnets and your uh, CIDR range and <laughs> firewalls yep. and et cetera. Uh, and then when you go into Sec Plus, you know, you'll, you'll have that uh, pretty much, um, you know, sealed up there yep. it's almost like a, a, a net plus is a prep for sec plus uh, yep. um, but yeah totally agree um, that makes sense uh, you know to be be a good cyber person like i said earlier you, you know you have to know the whole environment you know mm. yep. it's uh it's it's more of a, a wide breadth of knowledge than being an expert like i would love to be a deeper splunk expert i'm working on that you know but uh uh, you have to know so much, so many wide range of tools to uh, you know do your job well. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, you know, I don't know, Alex, you want to jump in? You got anything based off of that? Well, I was going to ask a similar question about yeah, certs. Uh, one thing that you mentioned, I did want to highlight that because I um, you mentioned the CISSP. I think that's a cert that a lot of people might have heard of, but you're saying that that cert is more tailored towards management and maybe just like uh, audits and of. like certifications, like uh, by certifications, I mean more like, uh, like ISO, PC, that kind of thing. SOC yeah. Two, yeah. Uh, PCI. Yeah. PCI, things like that. That's more that role. Yeah. As opposed uh, to the guy I'm that's probably, banging on the keyboard. I'm, I'm probably limiting, uh, I'm probably not <laughs> describing it uh, uh, as wide as it is. Um, I, we I just lost best... all our CISP followers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Come, come back, come back. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, I've known several people who've gotten that cert. I have not. Uh, but um, you don't really need uh, an expert technical knowledge to get a CISSP uh, certification. Um it's uh, like I said, uh, it, it tests on a wide breadth of, oh my God, uh, 12 different uh, uh, chapters, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, different, uh, uh, can't, can't come up with the word, but it's, a, it's more of a wide cyber knowledge than, you know. Than deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And rather than you know how to set firewall rules for uh, you know better security, it's not really that. It's, it's master of none. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, almost like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to my buddy Kevin. These are, are really in demand. That's a, that's a popular one. Yeah, it's popular. Shout out to my buddy Kevin who has the CISSP a few years back, and dude's killing it over at. Uh, <laughs> I forget where he's at now, but. Uh, yeah, he's just absolutely murdering the scene. It's like it's just it's crazy. <laughs> so shout out to him if he if he if he's listening. Uh, so yeah, have we mentioned certified ethical hacker yet? Ceh, no, I don't right. think we have. That, that was that's still one that it seemed like it, it, it sounds so cool. So I think it's one that might interest people just based on the name of it. But is that one that you've <laughs> seen come up in your team or one that you've kind of looked uh, at the itinerary and thought that might be useful? I, I haven't, I don't think I've met someone who's been a C, CEH. Um, I, and I, I have worked with some red teamers and some, uh, vendor red teamers too. Uh, but, uh, not too much. Uh, I, I've heard about it. You know, um, that, 
you know, for those newbies who want to be pen testers or red teamers. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I think yeah. it's kind of <laughs> it's meant to be about as intro as you can, like as about as beginner as you possibly can in this field. It seems like CEH is just if you have never you know, worked in this field before, you still have an opportunity to study for a CEH and pass it, at least from my initial understanding. Definitely. So I can see that being some of people. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's all I have then on uh, the CERT topic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Because um, from what I understand from the CEH part of it, and, and if there's anybody out there that, that knows a little bit more, feel free to hit us up because I'm uh, – be completely honest i'm not i'm not super super aware or in that space enough to really kind of think but uh it seems to me like a couple of years ago the the ceh kind of took a hit from a reputation perspective because the the ec council is the governing body of the of the ceh they were kind of they kind of lost some street cred if you will and it was kind of the ceh kind of like went downhill with it or something of that nature so i and i don't know if that may have rebounded in the last couple of years but there was some there was some talks out there that uh, really uh, you know the ec council was doing some shady stuff or i don't know if that's the right word but it would it definitely lost some some street cred so i don't know if that's still the case or whatnot <laughs> but it, it sounds cool followers i know yeah <laughs> it does sound cool i, I tell you that but the, the ceh is certified ethical hacker that does sound pretty <laughs> pretty sexy i ain't gonna lie so i don't know if, if, you, if you have knowledge about that let us know because that's kind of what i heard but i really wasn't like super close to it so that may have just be me just misinterpreting but uh it's, it's an interesting uh interesting topic and interesting cert for sure so i'm curious to see if anybody else has any thoughts on that so kind of pivoting to that or pivoting on that chris um i see like cybersecurity is absolutely white hot and i don't see it slowing down anytime soon as far as trying to get qualified bodies to fill these spots that are out there that's just mm-hmm. like i said our is teams and security teams are just blowing at blowing up at the seams they're just they just can't seem to hire enough people um but these places i should say these spots go vastly unhired but it's so hard to break into cyber i don't know if that's just like a if that industry has like a gatekeeping issue or what they or like they everyone needs an expert and they don't have time for the rookies to kind of break in and get their feet wet. I mean, I guess you could say that about any sort of spot. But in cyber, it seems to really kind of be I don't want to say bad, but it's 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 got an issue where, you know, they don't have you know, these places don't have time to you know teach the rookies and kind of bring them along. But, you know, but normally most of the time. Right. Like. No, most of the time, your your security team blows up after you've had an issue, right? And then, <laughs> then they right. say, "Oh, we need to we need to hire all these smart people. We need to have them hit the ground running, that sort of thing." And and truth be told, juniors just don't have that hit the ground running mentality because that's just not where they're at in their career. So I guess I get your thoughts on some of that gatekeeping or or what they can you know what folks can kind of do to you know kind of break down some of those walls or at least give themselves a fighting chance in the in the the big world of cyber out there Hmm. Um, maybe even another way to word it would be at least with your team do you feel like you you would ever hire a junior level person that just fresh out of school or are you already oh you would okay yeah and 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 we have and um uh we've uh i guess we have the time to train them <laughs> all right years. sure and um uh, mainly because uh i i can say that there's a large grunt work part of being in cyber uh long mm-hmm. review generating reports um so uh you know a lot of people getting into cyber don't realize that there's certainly a grunt work part of it that's that's really needed and uh you know the more experienced people want to bring in new analysts to take that on you, you know oh, okay. so they they can move to the uh more interesting stuff so maybe but, it's low uh, retention rate is people go into it and go oh this is not nearly as cool as the matrix no uh Oh boy, that's a uh, um, 
Well, I, I know one thing is uh, one thing that really helps new people is to have a really healthy curiosity about cybersecurity and always ask questions and follow a bunch of feeds, uh, you know, various cyber websites. That's one good thing uh, online is that there's a ton of cyber resources that you can and training that you can take. Uh, even in LinkedIn Learning, um, uh, you know, there's a whole. I mean, you can certainly learn a lot. So that's that's what I would advise. Um, I think even you know they they used to say set up a test lab at home, you know. Uh, uh, but I, I think that's even kind of uh, you know that that's good. And you know these days they have online test labs you can have uh, at home, uh, you know, cloud based. But um, uh, no. Uh, I'll go back to just have a really healthy curiosity about what you're getting into and ask a lot of questions. Um, cyber management folks really like that, um, that, you know, shows you're into it and you want to learn more and take on different uh, tasks and duties, uh, you know. So, it, uh, you know, if you're just getting into it just to, you know, hang out and, and not really be interested in cyber, <laughs> uh, that's, that's not so great. I, because I've seen it's that a promotion over... Yeah, help desk or you know they're like yeah, not the yeah. Way to do it. <laughs> That's it. And then uh, do the skills that you learn at? We'll just use customer bank as an example because um, I'm coming from a networking background, so I kind of think to myself, um, there's like three vendors that kind of run the show, and then the skill set that you learn at any company using those three skill sets are easily transferable to any other company that might be using those three vendors. And even the three vendors are really similar. Um, so do yeah. you kind of feel like the knowledge that you're using right here at customer bank and the rest of your team, that's easily transferable or is you get to the position, uh, this type of position, is it, are the, because you have to cover so many different things, do you, do you somehow feel like, the skill set that you learn right here is just so tailor made for this network that right now that it's not quite as easy to transition to somewhere else. Maybe, um, you know, not quite like a networking person would be able to. Right. Um, I, I'd, I'd say yes to both of your points. <laughs> um, well, uh, yes, that what is transferable is, is using common cyber tools, you know, like a, like a scene tool, like Splunk and, uh, you know, there, there's there's Splunk jobs out there that you know you can uh, uh, transition to, but uh, you know your your second point is right as well. I mean, uh, you know, even if you're the most senior guy, you come into an environment, you really have to spend a couple months learning that environment, and, and uh, you know, hoping that it's well documented, uh, hoping that their asset inventory uh, is is accurate and up to date. Um, uh, that you know, okay. CMDB, uh, uh, you know, things of that that type. So it's I would I would say it's both really out. <laughs> All right, and then I'll ask another kind of follow up question around the uh, the same means. So, say for whatever reason there is a senior level, principal level position opened up on your team. What are the skills that you're expecting? for that type of level? Are you going to make sure that they are just using the exact same tools that you're using right now? Cause that's the only way someone can come into your environment as a principal or are there just very specific skill sets or uh, just knowledge that they have to have at that level? I, I think a good technical knowledge is, is definitely something that we look for. And uh, you know, some of the interviews we've done, you know, folks don't, have cyber experience yet. Uh, but, um, but no, a good technical knowledge and a good curiosity always helps. Um, you got some go-to, uh, interview questions. So if you're hiring a senior level guy, you got one, you got like two or three that come to your mind right away. Uh, man, um, Putting them on the spot now. Look out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to know what I, if I want to, Transition into this. <laughs> oh well, uh, a very common basic one is is what is the CIA triad? You know, which is um, confidential confidentiality, um, 
God, am I going to get it wrong now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope it's not common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of cyber questions you can ask, uh, like, uh, like the difference between a threat and uh, – and various other type of, of risky um, uh, behavior that you're seeing. Um, oh, a difference between a threat and a vulnerability. That that was a that was okay. a good one. And then then you're really testing them to see if they understand uh, you know those things. Um, and generally, what they've done on their last job, and whether that's really led up to uh, you know what we're looking for. Okay. All right. And it seems like you struggled a little bit on that. So it may, it may go back to what I think where maybe it's um, it's just cybersecurity is a difficult uh, a difficult field to have a perfect skill set just to pick up and move from company to company. But, yeah, interesting yeah, to know I, either way. I, I would say so. I, I mean, I guess your best hope is that, that you know, you've used the same cyber tools that the new company is right. okay. looking for. Yeah. Um, uh, another common question is, uh, you know, the difference between an IDS versus an IPS, you know, okay. intrusion detection system versus an intrusion prevention system. And, uh, you know, it get it gets pretty granular, um, uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of questions out there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll punt it over to Pat again. I know we're getting pretty close here, and I, I like to end conversations talking about kind of the future of the topic that we're talking about. But before we get to that, is there anything else that you wanted to cover, Pat? No, that was pretty much it for me. That was uh, That's all I kind of had. I definitely wanted to touch on the, uh, the rookies coming in and kind of give them some – some uh, some general talking points and and some direction, um, but now that's all I really had. So uh, if you got any futuristic questions, have at it. Okay, well, I guess uh, Chat we'll GPT, start with. Possibly yeah. Well, I, I was try I I try every topic we talk about. I figure like how can I talk about ChatGPT? So, does ChatGPT in your mind, and maybe the, you haven't come across it yet because. Um, in the IT field, I mean, people know about it, but I still don't feel like it's being used very heavily um, from the average end user. But do you have any fears about ChatGPT fundamentally changing your job? Is it going to make things harder, easier? Is it going to give people the ability to do things that they couldn't do before? <laughs> That's yeah. going to make your life harder? I know that, uh, uh, gosh, it just feels like it, came around like three months ago. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but no, um, I, I just heard recently that, uh, a cybersecurity department, uh, blended that in as another resource into all of their cyber teams. Um, but, uh, and also, um, you know, we've talked about it on our team, how it can benefit us. And, and, uh, one thing people have said is, you know, they've, they've tried to use chat GPT to write malware. Right. And that's what I was thinking. Like there's two sides of it. How can you use it to help with your doing, you know, like chat GPT, how how should I be, you know, (laughs) design this network or design this. But yeah, on the flip side, you have the exact same thing where people who may have a background in IT now, are they, do they have a gateway now to get them over the hump of writing really malicious stuff? Um, You know, before, because they knew about it, but not enough to write the code. And now it's just like, (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, one of my coworkers tested that a lot, and he, he said it was writing terrible malware. Okay, um, it's not there yet. That, Chat that, GPT it, version 5. Yeah, you yeah. Worry it, about. That, that the malware wasn't, wasn't really working. <laughs> so, uh, you know, That's next week. Who yeah, knows? I know. Good God. <laughs> the next version. <laughs> but, uh, no, just, just as an, a resource, I would say, um, you know, I'd really, uh, I think one thing I'd like to delve into it myself is how, what's its advice on incident response? Um, you know, uh, because there's so many different, different, uh, steps to investigating an incident and correlating events. And, and, you know, I'd really like to, and I, I would see that would be in use in a SOC where, you know, 
chat GPT, uh, you know, I, I've detected an incident and I've done four of the 10 steps that chat GPT recommended. I, I could see that as a situation, you know, and just, just to be extra thorough, you, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> It's like chat GPT. If you were in a position where you haven't slept much, it's two in the morning, and this alert comes in, would you get up and fix the problem, or leave it till tomorrow morning? <laughs> well, that's a great point, Alex. I mean, uh, what's the severity? Determine yeah. the severity for me. Step <laughs> one. If you're bored and you can't sleep, I would get up and look at it. Otherwise, <laughs> how neurotic is your boss? Will he care? If he, yeah, yeah. If, he yeah. if he really cares, get up right now. If not, <laughs> and that's another thing with ChatGPT. I, I I read about it every day. It's hard not to if you're in IT. And that's another thing that I've seen people say is a, a better way to use ChatGPT is to give it more and more. Um, additional information to answer your question. So rather than just say, is this a valid threat? You can say, is this a valid threat for this type of business? And these are your end users. And so you can give it so much more detail for it to end up figuring out what it thinks is the best uh, course of action. Alex, would would you, would you consider it true AI though? Or (laughs) is it, or is it just something that just, cranks out a bunch of scripted answers and it's not really AI. You know? uh, <laughs> it's, I think it's I the know. world's best Googler at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very yeah. good school. A very, good, very good skill. An incredible yeah. skill. I mean, before the, the person that wrote the best essays was probably the person who could, you know, go through the library and get to the, the stuff they needed. Then it just turned into, you know, who can Google things the best. And, um, yeah, now you just have a, a, a program that can Google better than any person in the world can. Right. Because <laughs> it, can't, it doesn't know anything that isn't already out there on the internet. Um, yeah. It's just, it just all really that information. Powerful, is it really just a, a much a souped up Google search or is it, it seems like it is more than that because it is interactive and you can build on questions like you said. Yeah, it, it's the next evolution of. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say of a search engine, but what the search engine gave people, and that's this is the next evolution in just information gathering. Which just now you got something that can do it even better. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, that's the Chat yeah. GPT stuff. Outside of just Chat GPT, <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you can kind of think of as the the future of cybersecurity? Is there something that's keeping you up at night? Uh, anything um, that's uh, interesting? Yeah, uh, I I would say uh, I got to bring up cloud um, because I'm an old on-prem data center guy, and you know, and uh, uh, in fact, I think there was a um, there was a Cisco protocol at work recently, which I had never heard of, and I looked it up, and it was a, a SaaS. Uh, it was a SaaS. Uh, offering um so i'm like okay i I gotta get gotta get the cloud knowledge uh, up to date here but uh um, i mean on on a general level it's it's a lot more harder defending cloud where you have all points of entry instead of actually having a a perimeter firewall uh you know that you would defend against um so uh you know that i guess that's another advice for newbies as well learn learn Azure or AWS and how to defend that, you know? Um, but, uh, I would say a cloud, uh, cloud defense is, is a big one. Does that ever make you concerned that cybersecurity roles might get limited because people might just rely on the baked in security that goes with being an AWS or, in these clouds, because I'm sure they're going to have their own offerings and people say, hey, there's the check bar, uh, check yeah. AWS says I'm secured. I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> there, there's always have to be people setting that up, but that could be IT people, you know. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, w- I would agree with that, yeah. Um, I don't know how, the, honestly, I don't know how uh, cyber... Uh, you know, there's a lot. It'll be a lot more of a cloud emphasis, as I said. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know how the roles will change. You'll still need analysts and engineers and uh, other roles like that uh, um, uh, in the whole thing, but uh, should be interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. How about you, Pat? You got any follow-up questions for future cybersecurity? No, that was that was it. Um, the chat GPT, we always seem to talk about that. So that was my... Uh... Well just that. That's, that's going to be a topic <laughs> yeah. going forward. The future of topic yeah, XYZ it. and chat GPT. That's it. Will this podcast devote parts one, two, and three to ChatGPT? <laughs> uh, I've dabbled with it for this show, but nothing really, uh, nothing really to actually use yet, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll it does seem to be a hot topic. Plug in ChatGPT and pleasing it once it goes sentient. That's, it. That's right. <laughs> Send the people over here. <laughs> some Skynet. Yeah, some Skynet. <laughs> shit going on right now <laughs> i'm just gonna unplug this real quick this is really weird you know, okay. um, <laughs> no i think uh that was that was kind of it chris you have anything else that you wanted to uh that you kind of went to bang on that, that was uh it's all of our stuff some notes yeah very very popular field these days uh certifications and stuff like that and uh yeah, I think we uh, hit everything uh, that uh, I wanted to mention. <laughs> that was good to me. So we're right around we're at the hour mark. Some yeah, we're right around that hour time. mark. That's it. We just uh, we like to keep it uh, somewhere around the hour and make sure everybody's uh, everybody's still with us and hasn't uh, turned us off yet. So we appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, Chris. <laughs> Chris, you can, uh, you can. It's up to you. If not, no big deal. Do you want to plug your LinkedIn? How can people find you? If not, just say no, and I'll edit this out. It's up to you. <laughs> oh no, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's uh, um, uh, Voitovitz is not a common name, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm easily found on uh, LinkedIn if anybody wants to reach out with any questions or anything. Uh, it'll, it'll be a nice change from the usual vendor pile on that there you uh, go. LinkedIn people get. Right? Uh. It's so bad. Yeah. Actually, I'll I'll uh, I'll put Chris's LinkedIn uh, link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to talk to him, hit our show notes up, and and uh, his LinkedIn profile will be there, and you can chat to your little heart's content on anything sock related. Oh so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thanks for having me on, guys. It was yeah, man, this is great, uh, Chris. We're gonna hang around uh, after I stop the recording. We're we're gonna hang around and then just kind of chat in a minute, and then we can kind of part ways. But uh, just uh, I just want to stop the recording and then we'll you know kind of kind of hang for a minute. So, uh, so hang hang about. Uh, that's it. Uh, like I said, we're right around the hour mark. We want to uh, keep it nice and short and get everybody on their way. So we appreciate everybody joining this week on this uh, episode of Breaking Down the Bites. Visit our website breakingbitespod.io where you can subscribe to the show uh, on. Uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, or if you just need an RSS feed, uh, that's there as well. Uh, so you never miss a show. Throw us a rating on the Apple Podcasts, and that's where a lot of our listeners come from because that's what our stats tell us. So you're already there. You might as well throw us a rating and leave us a review that fools with the algorithms and the uh, the Skynets of the world that are <laughs> that are out there that helps uh, – Helps with the uh, the show and get more get in front of more people, more years, right? That's that's the uh, that's the idea of the show here. So, uh, if you could do that, that'd be great. Uh, tell a friend as well. Word of mouth is just as good these days, right? Sometimes I think it's even a little more effective uh, than just letting something pick out a hey, you might like this show. Uh, if you hear from somebody you trust and it's reliable, then I think that carries a little more water. So, uh, go tell tell your friends about us. So that'd be awesome. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Uh, there's a Facebook out there, Discord server. Uh, our survey is still out there. So if you like what you hear or if you want to hear something different, uh, let us know. There's a survey out there for for you. I think it's like nine or ten questions. Uh, we don't know who you are. It's completely anonymous. Uh, it just aggregates uh, topics for and actually just aggregates answers for us, I should say. And it just helps us tune the show to what people want to hear and keeps us going. So uh, nobody's told us to stop yet, so we're going to keep going until somebody does. <laughs> So we can't, uh, can't, can't, can't help that. So, again, thanks, Chris. It's been awesome, man. Really good time. Appreciate you hanging for, for a couple of minutes and talking some nerdy sock stuff. So uh, that's you. it. Alex, you good, man? We're out of here, and we'll see everybody again next week. Thanks, everybody.
See you next time.